Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Nosebleeds podcast. My name is Alfonso Bruin, and on today's episode, we will be recapping or discussing the ongoing series between the Clippers, Mavericks, my thoughts on both teams' play so far, and the future of both teams and what I expect from them. Hope you guys enjoy, and let's go ahead here, kick off episode nine. Please follow me on my Twitter at the Nosebleed Podcast, and I hope everyone enjoy, and thank you, and please leave a feedback. Let me go ahead here, stop fucking talking, and play episode nine. Enjoy. So the Mavs versus the Clippers. This series has been fucking amazing. Um, Luka Doncic has really made an announcement to to the entire world, man. Uh, he basically said, motherfuckers, I'm here. Um, and I'm here to stay. Uh, the dude just know how to score, man, honestly. I mean, I... He's 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 not the most athletic person you're you're going to see on the court. When you look at him, he doesn't have a built physique of a of a Westbrook. You know, you know, is he's not very cut lean. He he's a, he's a bulky guy. You know, you look at him. He's what six seven two thirty, uh, but he has mastered basically the hardest part of the game. Luca has a very high IQ, and that's what really separates him from a lot of players in today's game. Because in today's game, you know, it's flipped. A lot of players have the athleticism, but they don't have the necessary basketball IQ to pair along with that athleticism. Well, Luka Doncic is flip side. He has the basketball IQ, but... My God, the dude, the dude doesn't have the athleticism to, to, to shock you or wow you. Yes, he has the quickness, but quickness, athleticism, you know, quick bursts. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of not the same, you know, it's kind of not the same. But the guy is able to create space uh, using his big frame, whether that's on the step back, uh, patent three that, that, that he does, whether that's he's driving to the lane looking to get contact i mean you're you're countless, countlessly seen over and over again every single time he has attacked the, the basket players are just bumping off i mean there were there was one play where he finished straight through marcus morris and marcus morris literally <laughs> kind of flew back two two to three feet in the air i mean he didn't got stronger uh the, the break has really been well for him because he has really taken taken care of his body uh, during the, the the time that they had off and coming into the bubble, he looked good. He didn't look like the pudgy, uh, <laughs> the pudgy, the pudgy Luca that we have seen before. So Luca Doncic, man, he's he's gonna be hard to stop. And as I say to everyone, um, you know the Clippers are are they're trying to, to muck up the game now for him. Uh, they're trying to to beat him up, honestly. Uh, that's that's going to be the only way that you're going to slow someone like him down. Um, it's, it's to beat him up. It's to make the game harder for him. Uh, when when he's fouled, foul him hard. You know, not 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 necessarily as the Pistons did with the with the with with the Michael Jordan Bulls with Michael Jordan, but 
because of course the fucking league that we're in now, they're not going to allow that to happen. But I mean, get as close as you possibly can to roughing up the game for Luca, and that's what they're doing. Uh, Luca is, is having has a has a sprain uh, to his ankle. Um, you see him; he's he's hitting the ground almost every single time. Uh, they're throwing multiple defenders at him. They're just trying to make the game hard for Luca, and he's just still performing, which goes to show me that within the next two to three years, Luca may just be unstoppable. Honestly. And there may be nothing that anyone can do about it. Um, of course, he still needs to improve his three-point shot. Um, you know, he's not really a three-point shooter. That's why I don't understand why people call him Larry Bird. I mean, we got to think about something here. When Larry Bird was drafted to the Celtics, they instantly became a championship contender. Larry Bird won three. What was it? No, it was two MVPs back-to-back. Okay. Um, he was a three-point champion. Uh, I don't. I just don't see the comparison. I mean, maybe because they're white, <laughs> but that's the thing with everybody. Everybody loves to compare players based off of skin color and not exactly how they play. Luca, yes, he has a shooting form, but he would never be the shooter of a Larry Bird. Okay, um, I can see. Luca being a volume scorer like he is now, but he would never be of the elk of a of a Steph Curry or a or Larry Bird, you know, marksman. Those are those are marksmen. Those are those are players who who can shoot from anywhere on the floor, and more likely than not, they're going to be very efficient enough to to do it. So Luca's not that guy. He's not that guy. He 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 may not never be that guy. And that's okay because once again, Luca knows himself. He knows how to play the game. He doesn't really let the game dictate him. He goes through the flow of the game, and at an early age that he's at now, it's very impressive. And he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. Okay, so watch out for him, man. I'm telling you, he's. I definitely see MVPs in this future for sure. Uh, now. Let's talk about Paul George. <laughs> Pandemic P. This motherfucker here, man. Paul George, PG couldn't hit water, okay, if he was fucking in the middle of the ocean. I mean, the dude, the dude was shooting horribly. I mean, and I remember watching the game uh, with my girlfriend's father, and I was just like, PG doesn't look like he has it. He does. He doesn't. He he looks. He looked it. He looked disinterested. He looked like he wasn't there. Um, his head wasn't there. He his head wasn't in the game. Um, and then game five came around. Game five came around, and we seen a different Paul George. He was actually PG thirteen. <laughs> okay, he he came out aggressive. And not only did he come out aggressive, he didn't settle. That's 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 one thing that Paul George was doing. He was settling for jumpers um, early in the game, and for a player like Paul George, attack the basket, dude. No one can guard you. No one can guard you on the perimeter. Attack the basket. 
if you attack the basket, get you a couple easy buckets uh, closer to the lane, then work your way out. Work your way out. Don't just, when you're struggling, oh, well, I'm just going to continue to shoot threes. No, bro. But Doc Rivers helped them out starting game five. Credit credit Doc Rivers. They opened up, put his ass in the post. Hey, get this deuce. He got the deuce. And from there, I mean, the man just the man just got in the rhythm. Um, this, this, he, he scored 35 on 12 of 18 shooting. Uh, the, bro- the brother balled the fuck out, okay? Paul George <laughs> played like Paul George. Paul George played like the Paul George. Everyone was expecting him to play like when the Clippers got him via trade. Okay, this was the Paul George that we were expecting to see uh, in the playoffs playing alongside Kawhi Leonard. This is what the Clippers need in order for them to beat the Lakers. Paul George can't play like he was playing from game two to game four. It just can't happen because they will never be competitive against the Lakers. Okay? All right, because Paul George, believe it or not, he is the second best player on the team. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I don't care what your opinion is about him. He is the second best player on the team. Okay, he is the second best player on the team. He is the player right underneath Kawhi. If he really wanted to, he can get any shot he wants. It's all about Paul George believing that and playing up up to his potential. Okay, um. And after after game five, you know, Paul George was being interviewed because, you know, the media wanted to talk to him. They wanted to see the psyche of Paul George, what was going on with him. What I mean, are you are you this game five came out of nowhere? What's up? How you doing? And Paul George basically stated that, you know, he was battling depression, anxiety, uh, being in the bubble. Um, and a lot of people don't understand these are hard for these players. These are hard for the players. This is, it's different. It's different, okay? You got to understand it's different, all right? Everybody, everybody lies is not the same. You can't, you can't compare your life to <laughs> a millionaire, okay? Because honestly, these players are able to do almost anything that they want, Okay? And really, they're in a situation now where it's different, and it's hard for them to adjust. It's hard for them to, to actually, like I said, adjust to what is going on. So, do I believe Paul George was battling through some 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 inner shit? Yes, I do. Um, and thankfully, he had a great support system and Doc Rivers. He say he stated that he talked to Doc Rivers um, after Game Four. Uh, they had a long chat. It wasn't even about basketball. They just talked. Uh, and then his teammates, his teammates picked him up, picked him up. And that is a moment that is going to grow the Clippers because coming into the bubble, the the notion was the Clippers haven't really played together. They really haven't meshed together. Uh, they are, they've been fighting through injuries. You, had, you heard ramblings. Uh, throughout, which I didn't think that they were honest, but I mean, you have Rambling saying how players felt like the treatment of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was different from others. Um, do I believe that? No, because I feel like they have a type of team where no one is particularly 
up in arms about that that type of stuff. I feel like this this Clipper team, everyone knows their role. If you get what I'm saying, um, everyone knows their role. Not everyone knows that they're a star. <laughs> not everyone, not, not not everyone think that they are the star. Um, and that's the difference um, between previous teams who I feel like would have problems and this team. This team, everyone knows their role. Everyone plays their role. Um, they just wasn't playing together, um, honestly. And I feel like this, this right here, the Paul George, um, picking him up, uplifting him, uh, uplifting him, um, really created a bonding moment for the team. It really did. And to finish up, overall, this is what the Clippers needed, man. Um, honestly, because they learned a very valuable lesson. A very valuable lesson in this series, which is you can't just turn it off and turn it on. Uh, the Clippers have been doing that throughout the season. I mean, you would see them smash a team or or really honestly beat the brakes off a team one night. Then the next night, they don't have it. They look lethargic. Uh, they don't come out with the, the energy that's needed that you will see from a championship team. And then that carried over into the bubble, which – you know, popped up in this series. <laughs> I mean, it, you 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 were only expected to if you've been doing something for the whole season, and you do something in the bubble. Uh, what do you expect? You you do really expect for this team to just stop playing like that in the playoffs? No, uh, but they learned a valuable lesson, um, and. The Mavs really, really brought that to their attention. And the Mavericks have the best offense in the league, of course, because, I mean, they have Luka Doncic, uh, and then they have shooters. They have three-point shooters all around. Uh, so they can, they're can they able to space the, space the floor. Uh, they have guards who can take you off their dribble, um, and they can score as well. <laughs> so, I mean... You turning it on and off against the Mavericks, it, it, it's not good to do. And we've seen that throughout the series. The Mavericks could easily be up 3-1. to one. They could easily be up 3-1. to one. The reason why they're not really up 3-1 is because, A, um, injuries. B, they're a young team. Uh, they're a young, precocious team. And they really need to go through growing pains in order for them to take that next step, which I feel like this series for them – um, is the growing pain that I'm talking about. Um, I feel like next year the, the Mavericks are going to win a playoff series. I don't care who they play against. They're going to win a playoff series because this team is just too good, too young, and too deep. And everyone knows their role. You know, you usually have, with a young team like this, you usually have, Players who, like, for instance, the Boston Celtics of last year, you have all these young, talented players who who essentially, they don't know their role yet. Everyone wants to be a star. Everyone wants to make a name for yourself. With the Mavericks, Luka is the star. Christoph Porzingis is the second player. And everyone else, you're a role player, you're falling in line. You're 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 essentially you're falling in line, um, you know, and that's just what it's gonna be. <laughs> and 
that's how they play. They they play unselfish. Uh, they attack. They're always on the attack. So I, I really feel like the Mavericks is going to do some damage uh, within the future, within the next season two. We're going to be talking about the Mavericks as a as a championship contender, um, honestly, because they just they just have the pieces. They just have the pieces. All they have to do is just stay healthy. Uh, Chris uh, Porzingis, I'm talking about you. Uh, once again, he's injured. He's going to be out for the playoffs. Um, he has a torn meniscus. And the one thing that scares me about Christoph Brazilians, and it's starting to look like it, I want to knock on my computer that I'm recording with, knock on wood. But Christoph Brazilians just may be that player that he's never going to play 60-plus games a year, and he may always be on minute a, on a minutes restriction. And while you say, oh, well, you know, that's good. You're supposed to take a minute People are not going to want to hear that your second best player is taking a minutes restriction during the playoffs. Nobody want to hear that shit. I I certainly won't. So that's something that the Mavericks have to pay attention to. They have to look at and analyze with their team because moving forward, Christos Brzingis' health is going to be a major factor in them competing, honestly. He's going to be a major factor. Okay. Um, as for the Clippers, uh, I totally expect them to end the series on what is that? What, what would the day be on? On Saturday, I think on August 30th, I expect them to to end to end the series. Um, I predicted that the, game, the series would go to game six. I always said that the Mavericks would give anyone – in the first round of the playoffs, hell, because I mean they're young, they're inexperienced, which means that they're very exuberant. They just play. They play. They they're fast paced team. Uh, they can and they can just score. They can just score the basketball. Uh, so I always said that they were going to give a team like the Clippers, the Lakers, anyone who they face in the first round a problem. Uh, if anything, the luck the Lakers got lucky that they didn't face the Mavericks because, as I've said previously in my podcast before, the Mavericks would have gave the Lakers fits like they're doing with the Clippers. Um, they would have been a problem, okay? But the cards are dealt how they dealt. Mavericks got the Clips, and the result is, I believe, is going to end in game, in game six. Uh, Clippers going to win that game. I don't know by how many points. The Clippers may just come out and take the boys' hearts again, unlike they did in game five. Um, I expect them to do that. That's what championship teams do. They close them out, and they don't They don't give teams like the, like the Mavericks' life. You can't. Uh, because if this game, if this series goes to game seven, anything can happen. Anything can happen because all you need is a day for someone to get hot. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all there is. So, Expect the Clippers to close out game sits on the 30th of August. Uh, and I expect them to blow them out, honestly. I expect them to take their heart, take their will, and be the championship team that we expect them to be, okay? Um, now, moving forward, okay, uh, the Clippers, of course, hopefully they got the turn off switch out of their MO and they're able to bring it every night and the intensity level is high every night 
and be the championship team that a lot of people are expecting them to be. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. We're going to go ahead here and take a quick little intermission and we're going to go ahead and wrap up. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, these are my closing words. Uh, so I want to give what I expect from these teams moving forward. Uh, the two teams I just talked about. Uh, first, we're going to start off with the Mavericks. Uh, what I expect from the Mavericks, honestly, is keep getting better. Um, like like I stated before, they're a young team. They're a precocious team. They need to go through moments like these, series like these, to to build them for possibly championship runs. Uh, this series right here is a perfect example. Um, so what I expect from the Mavericks is keep getting better, keep putting pieces around Luka, and really determine what you're going to do with Christos Porzingis and see how his health goes because Christos Porzingis is – the most important factor to this key because if the Mavericks realize that Christos Porzingis is not going to be relied upon, they may have to get another superstar, another star. And either they're going to do that through the draft or they're going to do that through free agency. However they're going to have to do it, they're going to have to do it because that's scary. You know, you don't need to waste any of Luka years. None of them. So they they need they really need to decide what they're going to do um, around Luca. Uh, who's going to be his second, third star? Um, as for the Ma- as for the Clippers, I said the Mavericks. As for the Clippers, um, I expect them to keep getting better. I expect them to, of course, win game sits, and I expect them to actually come out every game and play with the intensity, like, they want to actually fucking win. There's been too many times this year where I have seen the Clippers play lackadaisical, and I hate seeing that shit, honestly. Uh, If you're considered a championship team, there should be no really... As many games as the the Clippers have played, like, they're lackadaisical. There there shouldn't be that many. Of course, you're going to have nights in the league where you're going to take off. I mean, it, it, it happens. But as many times, as many nights that they have taken off, it shouldn't happen. Um, even though that they have been battling injuries, they're still a very good team. They're a very deep team. And that doesn't explain them playing like a day school. Okay? Uh, they're going to either be playing the Utah Jazz or the Denver Nuggets. I think it's going to be the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell is putting on a clinic. And I don't really see anyone on Denver that's able to stop him. Uh they may try to outscore him, score the Jazz, but like I said, I don't see a player right now who's going to stop Donovan Mitchell in that series. The man is just in his bag, honestly, and he has he has hit a form, and it's scary. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think, I don't think the Denver Nuggets are prepared for it, and they wasn't ready for it. I don't think shit anyone was in that series. Um, so I got the Utah Jazz taking that possibly in seven. I, I feel like Denver may push it to seven. They may push it to seven. So I'm going to say the, the Utah Jazz in seven. And that's going to be a great series as well. Uh, 
for the Clippers if that does happen. Because um, there's going to be a lot of storylines in that series. Particularly one I want to watch is Paul George and Joe Ingles. Okay. Uh, there's been a lot of shit talk the last time Paul George was in the series with that motherfucker. I mean, Joe Ingles got the best of him. Even though Paul George is hurt, you know, Joe Ingles got the best of him. Uh, so I want to I want to see, you know, that storyline, how Paul George comes out, how the Clippers play. It's going to be exciting, man. But thank you, everyone, for listening to episode, what is this, nine? Episode nine of the podcast. Please, please give me feedback on it. Follow me on, on Twitter at the Nosebleed Pod. You know, always on there. Love to talk about sports or anything, any subject, any topic. I hope everyone has a blessed, safe day. And thank you. And we out. Peace. Ha, 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 ha.